The former AFL player Shane Tuck suffered terribly before he took his own life at the age of 38 in July 2020. An inquest into his death this year heard he had had endured a war zone inside his head and that no amount of medication would help his distress. After his death, he was found to have been suffering from severe chronic traumatic encephalopathy, a debilitating neurodegenerative disease caused by repeated head trauma of the likes he was exposed to during these 173 games for Richmond and while competing as a professional boxer. Today, a Victorian coroner has made a series of recommendations intended to prevent these horrors being experienced by another athlete. Alan Pierce is a professor of neuroscience at La Trobe University and a research manager with the Australian Sport Brain Bank. Welcome back to Drive, Alan. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Shane Tuck was a tormented man. A very tragic story there. What does this condition do to your brain? CTE is, a, as you said, a neurodegenerative disease. So it's very similar, I guess, in terms of Alzheimer's. But, you know, there are some certain differences. Um, what we find with CTE is that it starts in a different part of the brain. And it is certainly relating to repetitive impacts causing physical, you know, micro damage to the brain tissue and which then starts to spread right through the whole brain. So this, unlike Alzheimer's, which tends to be occurring more in older people, can occur in, in people as young as 20 or 30 years of age. And is it true, and, and therefore why, can it only be diagnosed by a post-mortem? I mean, this obviously uh, is, a, is a big factor in not getting people treatment whilst they're still with us. That's right. So at the moment, I mean, you know, the research is still emerging and developing and, and, you know, we have to remember that while we've known about, I guess, the concerns around repetitive head impacts for nearly 100 years, it's only been since 2005 that we've seen it in sports outside of boxing. So, you know, we're, we're still trying to understand how, how it uh, develops and how it manifests. But the other complicating factor is that the symptoms can vary so much because it really depends on which part of the brain it's starting. So, you get all sorts of different types of symptoms which can overlap with mental health issues, psychiatric issues, movement disorders. And so it is a really tricky disease to try and diagnose um, in people who are still living. And that's one of the goals that we're trying to get to. In terms of today's recommendations by the coroner, there's been some interesting extensions to sporting uh, policy in relation to head knocks both on and off the field. What is the most important one in your view? Well, there were a few there today. I mean, one was to try and limit the amount of contact training um, or physical impacts in contact training, which I think is a, a key aspect of trying to reduce the risk because CTE um, isn't actually related to concussion injury. Um, what the recent research from Boston, our friends at Boston University showed was that it didn't matter how many concussions an athlete had. It was the exposure over many years. So it was to try and uh, uh, we're trying to actually get people to think about modifying sports for kids because if you can take out the first 10 years of uh, repetitive impact in the developing brain, you can reduce the risk of CTE quite significantly. And that's probably the, the most important thing about CTE is that it's not a disease from concussion injury. Another recommendation from the Victorian coroner today was the suggestion that sporting bodies should also employ independent medical practitioners to attend every AFL and AFLW match. I, I'm surprised that that doesn't already happen. What, what is the definition of a, medi a medical practitioner uh, in the context of this conversation? 
Well, I guess it's, you know, it's a, a doctor, a, G, a general practitioner level of uh, medical training. So it's someone who can uh, medically diagnose a concussion injury because at the moment only a medical doctor can diagnose. Um, in Australia, a physio, nurse um, and other allied health practitioners can't diagnose a concussion. So these matches will need to have an independent medically trained doctor to um, look for the signs and symptoms of concussion. Um, And it's one of the things that's important because uh, club doctors are under so much pressure, I think anyway, trying to deal with all the other injuries that you do need to have someone there with with good training and can give an objective diagnosis that can then actually help the, the club doctor. And interestingly, another recommendation from the Victorian coroner today was that if there is any uh, disagreement about whether the player should be removed from the field, the independent advice wins. Does that suggest that Mm. there is currently some, uh, I suppose, conflict over or disagreement over whether players should remain on or, or on the field? Yeah, there has been, um, you know, uh, in, in other codes of football. So earlier this year, for example, in rugby league, there was a, a quite a well-known case where a, an independent doctor um, in one of the NRL games was uh, diagnosing a player who was concussed and was overruled by the club doctor and also the origin doctor. And that then sort of made things quite messy in terms of, well, who's got the authority? And so I think uh, having Coroner John Kane today explicitly recommend that the independent doctor, who won't have any biases, um, you know, trumps the, uh, the, the, the club doctor. And I, I actually agree with that. It's 26 past five. Neuroscientist Professor Alan Pierce is here on RN Drive. We're discussing today's Victorian State Coroner's recommendations when it comes to head knocks. And look, a lot of these recommendations are obviously exclusive to the elite forms of AFL or the upper echelons, shall we say. But as a parent, and I know a lot of parents are listening, if your children's playing contact sports, are there some recommendations in here within the bounds of um, uh, affordability that might start to sort of trickle down to the grassroots forms of sport? Yeah, so obviously, you know, having independent doctors at matches is a very costly exercise, and I think it's one that the AFL can certainly afford. But at club level, at junior levels, you know, those are, those sort of recommendations may not be feasible. But certainly coaches through education and and I guess awareness of, of CTE in particular can actually structure training to try and limit the amount of contact um, in, in training um, and be a little bit more, I guess, uh, aware of concussion or suspected concussion in matches that we, you know, if in doubt, sit it out mantra. Um, and the mouth guard technology is now starting to become a little bit more cheaper um, and that could certainly be helpful to programming training that if someone is starting to get too many impacts in their training session or, or matches, you know, they can be just held back a little bit just for their own long-term brain health. Of course, we haven't really spoken too much about boxing because Shane Tuck was also a professional boxer. In your opinion, is there a way of making boxing safer? Unfortunately, no, because the whole aspect of boxing and and other combat sports is to actually knock out your opponent. So this is probably where some of the the, um, contradictions, I guess, in the, uh, you know, medical fraternity is that, you know, they're certainly against 
boxing because of that nature of uh, knocking someone out and giving an opponent a brain injury versus the incidental nature of uh, football codes where there are quite a few impacts but it's not the actual objective to knock out your uh, opponent um, as in boxing. So this is where some of the, you know, the, the more nuanced, uh, you know, arguments occur. Mm. Uh, Professor Alan Pearce from La Trobe University and research manager with the Australian Sports Brain Bank. I do appreciate your time. Thanks for your time this afternoon. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. And if this story has raised any issues for you, help's available at Lifeline 13 11 14. And for more information on the Australian Sports Brain Bank, their website's brainbank.org.au. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.